All right, everybody. Welcome to Sex Ed Before Bed. My name is Rebecca Nava. I'm the host here. And uh, my revered guest tonight is Mr. The one and only Malcolm Lovejoy. Hello. <laughs> and our paths have crossed many times in the past couple weeks. Yes. You know, it's been very serendipitous. <laughs> That warms my heart that you see it that way too. Yeah, well, you and I met at this uh, like sex geekdom thing and met these other fantastic geeks. Okay, wait. Yeah, well, we're taking a pause to have a shot. Just, I'm very happy that this moment exists. So. All right, we're having a little shot to start off. Cheers. Mm, cheers. Oh. <sighs> I need a wet pussy in my mouth as often as possible. So. <laughs> um, so delicious. Yeah. That was the wet pussy shot care of the uh, Pacific Hotel Junction. God bless these wonderful people. <laughs> yeah. so oh. Oh. I am. I really apologize. I didn't want to interrupt what you were saying. Yeah. I just, I, I, for some reason, I really wanted to be a little tipsy when I did this. <laughs> Not at all. Not that I, but the thing is, funnily enough, I never, ever, ever am really drunk or high when I do my porn, so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but just. That's a, that's a conscious thing. Oh my God, I want to remember every single molecular moment and fraction of time and every single thing. I don't, I don't need to be coerced or, I, I like, I have more than enough courage to satisfy my lover for money. Yes. <laughs> or not for money, yeah. either or. I'm like, um, my job today is to make love or eat pussy or like do something creative sexually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nobody has to twist my arm. I don't need to drink. Or, but that's just me. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm just just putting that out there. Oh, that's great. You, yeah. it, you, it, like you're just so into it and you enjoy it so much and you want to remember it. I want to remember everything about it. I, it's my highest high. Definitely, I've come to the realization that when I do other drugs, I'm actually looking for the rush that I get through sexuality. Wow. Okay, I, you're chasing that. I, well, I like I. It, it, but. Yeah, subconsciously I am. Yeah. But like, like my highest, greatest rush in life is making love, mm. and every other rush or buzz is just a cheap imitation of that. Ooh. So, yeah. When did you know that this was something you wanted to do? I've I've always known since I was like 13 years old, but I never confessed how deeply I wanted to go with it. And I mean, I've had a few like one of the only people I can relate to is Giacomo Casanova. Like I'm, I'm I can't really relate to modern men because they most men want to be dominators or warriors or businessmen or just conquerors or fighters or athletes and I'm like mm -hmm. nah I want to be a lover yeah. I want to be an artist I want to be a poet I like I it doesn't make me weak but making love and having all this sex makes me very strong yeah makes oh. me very courageous oh my gosh so it's empowering for you I am, <laughs> I am incredibly <laughs> I, I don't know what to do with the power sometimes like because oh. I, I try not to be horrible with it and I'm not a competitive man so I don't I don't brag and boast that I have more lovers than I can count or that like the last five women to kiss me the last five people I've kissed each one of them asked me to kiss before like I'm doing something so right that women are approaching me physically not only to pick me up but like asking to be intimate and I'm just like this is happening outside of my awareness I'm just 
I love this so much and it radiates from me so much and it's in my eyes and soul yeah. and my, where I walk and it just <laughs> I, I, I had this incredible sexual experience happen just because I talked to a woman about a book just one sentence it led to a conversation that wouldn't stop for two hours she's like to, to be I'm not going to say a few people's names and I'm actually going to reveal some pretty open things but um, in the middle of this conversation she was like I can't believe a guy like you exists I've been waiting my whole life to meet someone like you and she started crying and like crying has is, is become a, a serious part of my sexuality these days where people are just so sexually satisfied and like, orgasmically ecstatic that tears of joy are pouring out their face that's happened at least four times in the last month this is the level that i'm at now this is just it's just not bragging it's my truth so it's just how far i've taken it and it's it's lovely like i i compare it to other things and sometimes i'm like there are there are kung fu fighters and there's masters of martial arts who, you know, when you see those kung fu movies and they're like floating on air and doing like triple flinning, flipping spin kicks or whatever, and people are like, oh, I wonder if that's possible. It's like, there are probably kung fu masters in the world who are like, it is possible if you dedicate yourself that much. Yeah. And I parallel that to sexuality where it's like, regular porn stars who like like James Dean I read James like I don't even not even a fan of him anymore but anyways one of the biggest porn stars in the western civilization I see James Dean and I'm like I can relate to some of your life now and the average dude looks at that and is like oh my god he has sex with a, a new woman every single day I'm like last month I had two weeks out of the four weeks where I had I had sex six out of the seven days yeah of a week yeah where I'm just like it's regular to me now yeah what is what is like an unfathomable level of life sexually to some men is just my regular day-to-day -day. yeah i will stop there so no i have so many questions yes yes what can i say okay so you i'm so interested okay so you've been doing this for three years about three years now, yeah. Three years, okay. And I Professionally for three years. Okay. I've been dreaming about it and actually rapping about it for about 12 years. <gasps> uh, well, I read one of the interviews you did for another outlet, and you were saying that you had a song called Fuck Rap, I'm Gonna Do Porn. Yeah, yeah. I wrote that when I was 21. Yeah. yeah. So it's been, it's been percolating over time. Yeah. And then it became a reality for you. And one of the things that me and you talked about, because we, we actually saw each other at the Scratch Bastard Barbecue on Saturday, or Sunday, Hip Hop Barbecue, which was so tight. Amazing. So tight. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. I love, Yo, that's, <laughs> I love him. It was so good. And Scratch Bastard, I love you. Yeah, yeah. Shout out. Yeah. And uh, who's the other guy? Nice and Smooth? Oh, yeah. Nice and Smooth were there. And DJ Premier. Oh, God. It was amazing. <laughs> Look him up. Yeah. But it, there's no way to Legends. recreate it, though. That's the thing. But um, so when you and I were talking, you were saying I originally got into hip hop because I wanted to meet women. Yes, exactly. And, and then you said it's not the kind of thing that facilitates that. Nope. It, it really isn't. I, I thought, I, I mean, to a degree, there is because rock stars on stage or people on stage are famous and some of them, they, they attract, you know, they attract people wherever they go they generally just attract people who are attracted to them um i don't like to use the word groupies because i'm a groupie and <laughs> i i call it there's so, nothing there's nothing wrong with a fit there's nothing wrong to have a fan with a fantasy so i'm a, I'm, a, <laughs> I, 
I'm a fan, and I would fantasize about having sex with Christina Aguilera or Sofia Vergara or like. I'm a genie in a bottle. Uh, like she's hot as I don't give a fuck. Imagine the notes she would hit. Yes. But so, anyways, like I never thought it was a problem to have sex, like or for people to confess how much sex they wanted to have, and I wanted to meet people like that when I did music, but it didn't really click like that. Mm. Like people. There's still the slut shaming, and I was just in entertainment, and I'm like, I've been in clubs all over the place. I went to so many concerts, and I'm like, no, not. There's this potential, and this it still feels like a high school dance where boys are on one side, girls are on one side, and nobody's coming in the middle to confess who they're attracted to or yeah. or to like, you know, like take a leap of faith for the person that they're. Yes. All of that. That's what we talked about. Yeah. How like that show was like that. And it's, it, it's interesting because I think it has to do with the fact that society completely denies our own sexuality. We yeah. kind of other it. It's like, okay, like sex exists in the movies or I don't know, it's out there, but we don't embrace it in our own lives and we're shy about it. Mm-hmm. We're shy and we're also shamed and all the other things, right? All this other stuff. Even though it's what brought us here and it's, <laughs> it's oozing out of everyone and it's unstoppable and undefinable and everyone has their own definition of it and approach to it and there's so many possibilities sexually and there's i've been thinking about i was on the bus on the streetcar here and i was like if we were not in a heteronormative society actually sexuality means what is the final equation of the result of all of these people combining with each other sexually imagine if there was no judgment and all 40 of these people in the streetcar, young, old, Asian, black, white, male, female, trans, everyone. What if everyone connected to everyone and felt like that's just infinite and amazing and beautiful? And what if it wasn't just the guys and the girls? It was the guys and the guys and girls and girls and trans, trans people. Uh, and just like, what if everyone were just to explore the possibility of the connection we might have? Yeah, like the infiniteness of it. The, and infinite, the possibility. Yes. Mm, for sure. Because people in their mind I speak for myself you know I have this kind of idea like you know this is who I'm into maybe this age bracket or whatever and when I look at somebody who's say like 60 or something like that I just think no that's not in my box you know so hey I'm just being vulnerable right now and saying that I have mental boxes around who I think I'm and it's hard to discern whether it's who I'm allowed to be attracted to and who I'm actually attracted to so it could be I'm not letting you just don't know if you're stopping yourself from exploring the actual attraction that you might feel. You know what I'm saying? I a million percent do, <laughs> and I, and I, I I will give you that. I am not an ageist, racist, sexist, classist, ableist. Mm-hmm. I have lovers in twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, and I have a sixty-four-year-old lover I've been with for over three years, and have amazing experiences with sexually, emotionally, intellectually. We marched against Trump together, and in the women's march, so it's like it's not just me having like a crush on an older woman and just using her for sex. No, like yes. there's so much to our relationship. Yes, and like. I'm I'm 40 in like a week and it's so awesome because I have I'm in this kind of sweet spot where it's like I can be with lovers 20 years younger than we, me and lovers 20 years older than me <laughs> and it's like interesting and cool and I love my life <laughs> and like I actually am like I 
and that's the duality of it with with what sexuality is i've met i've shot porn with two people in their 21 like the 21 years old who were so mature about their sex that they were like 50 year old people or timeless people and i've met people in their 50s who are so immature and and conservative about their sex that i can't relate to them at all and i'm like you're 10 years older than me but i could really tell you a couple facts about sex <laughs> not this superstitious ignorance that you kind of approach it with right right okay i want to start big mm-hmm. and then zoom in mm-hmm. so let's start let's start big um how would you describe the porn industry in this city in toronto oh shit oh <laughs> Jesus. oh can i just okay i I no longer care about ruffling feathers. <laughs> I I had a, a yeah like I had a Reiki treatment today, mm-hmm. and she, she was older and beautiful. And there's spiritual and pseudo sexual and emotional connection. And she was just like, uh, you know, when you get when you get the forty club, you just stop giving a fuck. <laughs> and I was like, great. And I the art of not giving a fuck, right? Like completely and. I say that to say, like, Toronto frustrates me and inspires me in, insanely every day. Um, we have the most, the, maybe the greatest untapped resource of beautiful people in the world. Oh, God. Every day. Every I am just day. looking and I just, I'm like, holy cow, we got such good looking people. My eyeballs are melting <laughs> every day. I live right off Queen Street. Oh, God. I, okay. I, I die. You're getting the bulk of it. Like, I die the time my eyes are like oh god so much beautiful people but that being said i have to put out there i mean even bigger than toronto but i think canada is one of the most sexually repressed and conservative and confused hypocritical places i'm aware of in the western world if not the whole world it's so frustrating to see we're legally allowed to do all these things and I break it down to, we have Hollywood North here. We have all the cameras. This place is actually the Facebook capital of the world. There's tons of computers and high-tech infinite, like a web digital networks here (laughs) and all these beautiful people. So we have all this technology and all this, these sexy people. And we have a whole bunch of sex clubs, but we have no porn industry. How yeah. does that make sense? Oh, so we really don't, we, eh? We, we have all the elements for a porn industry here. All of the elements. We And it's legal. It's not even illegal like it is in the States in most places, except for two different states. And, like, people well, just do it there. But, like, we just don't. We're not doing it because people don't have the courage and vision to do it. So it's illegal to shoot porn in most of the U.S.? No, it's not legal. Oh, it's not. It's not. It's only legal in New Hampshire and Nevada, I think. Okay, and in Canada, all the way. We got a complete license. We, we can shoot. What, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, yeah, no, it, it's a Massachusetts, um, I think Cali and uh, Nevada, but or Vegas. But I mean, wow. yeah, there, it's technically illegal, but it's like, you know, do they prosecute it or not? Yeah. But like. It's legal here. It's legal to do all the things right. we do. But so, pe- we're just you- not people. The Canadians just don't have the spirit and passion to be like, I'm going to fucking confess who I want to fuck and have sex with and make love with and have fantasies with. And yeah. I, I just decided that I'm not going to be a typical Canadian. Right. Hmm. So what you're saying is we got unrealized potential. 
so much. So much unrealized potential in like it's in the music industry it's in the fashion industry it's in like the dancing industry people know that some of the world's yeah. best dancers come from here but what about and, the, the and fact it's sex too and sex too well okay well what about this idea that when we're growing up we're taught you know first of all no one talks to us about sex you know we get like half an hour here and there problem one uh, yeah and also that there's this inherent idea that sex is a private thing, right? Like you don't talk about it, you don't ask questions about it, and you know, you certainly don't broadcast it. So I guess I wonder if that's the reason why people don't wanna, and also I think it's, maybe it's a question like, if I make a porno and I put it on the internet, what if someone, what if my boss sees it or something like that, you know? Did you break a law? Did you hurt anybody when you did the porn? No. Uh, what if your boss saw a, uh, a horror movie that was more shocking to his morality than the porn that he saw? Yeah. Or what if your boss saw you write a book that was like, oh my God, they use term word, like they, the book has the word cunt in it. Yeah. I hate that word. <laughs> or, or whatever. What yeah. if your boss, you know, that's the thing. It's like, mm. if we're not breaking the law and we're not hurting anybody, Technically, no boss has any right to say anything about anybody's private life. It's just, it's a really immature notion, I find. I'm like, I mean, but I, I mean, I, I respect people's choices, but I'm just like, I don't follow that path at all. And I'm like, if I worked at, at a dentist office or a law, a law firm, and I'm like, I work nine to five, my private time is my private time. Yeah. If I want to moonlight as a porn star, yeah. I have that right. I'm a grown adult. I'm not fucking 15 years old. Like, yeah. And like, if I didn't sign the contract where like, like fuck all this. Yeah. And like, this is legal, safe, normal sex. Even if it's fucking <laughs> kinky, hardcore BDSM where I'm flogging someone's ass and spanging or whatever, <laughs> like they agreed to be there. Yeah. And yeah, and we're in their, their boundaries. adults, yeah. God damn it. God yeah. damn it. And like, it's within their boundaries. And as soon as it's too much for them, they're going to call their safe word and then I'm going to stop. And then we're all good. And then I give them aftercare and hold them and bring them out of subspace. And yes. I want to I wanna talk about aftercare for a second because it's something that I've... First of all, I want to give a shout out to another podcast that's awesome called The Dildorks. Mm. Coming out of the U.S. Mm. Two, young, uh, two young people. I mean, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. 20s, you know, doing this. And I shot a porn with one of them. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Kinsey? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lovely Kinsey. But anyways, go on. Sorry. Okay, yeah. So Dildorks is a great podcast. Shout outs. I'm a fan now. And also, I had someone on the show named Veronica who just opened a sex shop in Toronto called The Nookie. <gasps> the Nookie! Yes! Yeah, so it's college in Ossington. And we both, in both cases, they talked about this idea, like, casual sex, there should still be aftercare. Yeah, hell yeah. Like, but in real life, it's not happening. People sometimes just cast, you know, sometimes people just cast the other person away. But these are mature questions. And if we're having sex, let's be mature enough to ask, what kind of aftercare do you need? Mm -hmm. Do you want me to hold you? You need to shower. Yeah. You want me to text you the next day? Yeah. You want to text you in two days? That's like it's like. <laughs> so I'm dapsing you like for real respect. Yes, and if you know what you need, there should be no problem in you expressing it to your partners. Yeah. And a healthy relationship is a place where both of them can talk about it, whether or not they're meeting each other's needs, and then just meet them. Because yeah. it's like if it's like yeah after like you can call me and booty call me when you're drunk or whatever, but like can you like 
not just jump up and run out of the bed after you orgasm? That's a fair request. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so like, how do you how do you do it, Malcolm? Like, how do you negotiate? And I'm also curious because I'm gonna make an assumption here that doing porn has made you better at even negotiating all that stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm. I just feel like you're at that prime top top pyramid of being communicative during, before, or after sex. I I am <laughs> I'm well, and I I I I, I do not so bad. <laughs> I do pretty good for myself, but at, at the same time, I always feel like I'm a beginner. Like even that, even though I do it professionally and I've taught courses, I'm like, uh, I'm like I know things about the, where somebody might consider me an expert. At the same time, if I'm ever called an expert, I'll be like, I'm also a beginner because I don't know every person's body. No, and I never will. So anybody that I've never been with, they're I'm a virgin and I'm I'm a humble student <laughs> with open ears and open eyes and willing fingers and and yes. an excited tongue <laughs> before we even get to what else I have to offer. <laughs> but yeah, so like I'm I do pretty good and um it's mostly I mean I'm just very passionate and compassionate. Like I'm like I I want to give and most of my sexuality is based on satisfying my partner. Like, I'm not, I'm like, yeah, I bust nuts or whatever, but I'm like, I'm not the kind of guy who's all about male ejaculation and orgasm and me busting nuts. And as soon as I bust nuts, that's the top of the pyramid and the mountain and then I go to sleep or whatever. Like, no fucking way. That's <laughs> Me busting a nut is like a, like a minor footnote in the entire amazing thing that happened. Yeah. What my focus is, is trying to... It's not even trying to make my lover come, but it's just satisfying them enough as much as they want. Like just little, and once I do that, probably multiple orgasms will happen, probably squirting or probably just like full on joy. And I'm so close to my lovers when I make love to them and have sex to them. Often I'm like, I don't always need to come because if you're that connected to a woman or somebody that you're loving and you feel that like you're that close, their orgasm hits your body and impacts your body just as deeply. So I'm like, yeah, I I have a lover where we (laughs) we kind of we we almost baton like we pass orgasms to each other (laughs) like a baton like. It's amazing. Like we're so connected. Like oh. I will come and like at the, near the end of my sh- like shocks in my body, it will trigger her, <laughs> and it will just be like a wave ripple going from me to her. And she's like, "You just passed it on to me," and it's happened more than once. Oh, wow, yeah. reverberate. Just pure reverberation. Echo chamber. Echo chamber. Orgasmic <laughs> echo chamber. It's real. I lived in it. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. So I mean, the things that are possible. Like I was thinking about it today. Like, you know, most people just thought thought to just get one partner and just settle down and just do one thing. And I mean, if they don't, if you don't get bored of your sexual partner, you can in, infinitely explore that one person for the rest of your life, and it would be a beautiful thing. But a lot of marriages and stuff kind of they lose the magic and they don't know how to do that. Yeah. But being polyamorous and doing porn, I just see infinity. Yeah. <laughs> All I see is infinite, beautiful love. I've had some partners that I'm with. 
I have somebody who the person who squirted on me the most, just leaders of leaders of leaders. Just, <laughs> our squirting is this. Oh, she's probably gonna hear this. And this, yeah, this one goes out to you, love. Yes, you know who you are. <laughs> so yeah, and like, it's we've had sex probably four or five hundred times. Like it's, yeah. been, it's been about two years. All right, so let me ask about jealousy. If that's, yes. I mean, let's go there. Let's go there, because you know you mentioned that uh, you have one partner who's in her sixties, mm-hmm. and then you have you mentioned another partner. So, can you give me a little uh, overview of what your love life looks like right now? Like you got you're working, mm-hmm. you know, and so you have you have your romantic partners, then you have your like people that you're working with, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I imagine there might be some intersection, or is there? A little bit, but. You, you've nailed it exactly. Um, I have professional lovers. Mm-hmm. I, there's a few people that I only make love to on camera, have sex with on camera, and we don't do anything privately. Yeah. Sometimes I'm okay with that. Sometimes it's a mutual decision. Sometimes it's just them that wants to do it like that, and I wish we had a private relationship, but we don't. But I'm like, okay, well, if I'm only going to have sex with him <laughs> on camera... Okay. <laughs> yeah. I can live with that, even though I wish we had more, but it's okay. Because um, people have their own complicated reasons and approaches and issues and stuff. So it's, it's infinitely mind-blowing. And then from my professional lovers, I also have my private lovers. And then I also have, like... There's like private lovers on the level of poly and porn and sex and like people who could maybe kind of do it but are just like, I can't really, but I'd love to fuck like crazy and we could fuck like all night or have three or five sessions, but I just can't quite join you in the porn world yet. Yeah. So I have a kind of super hypersexual relationship with them. And then I have some people who kind of want to be in my life. Like I'm really evolving into a higher, higher place. And I have some people who want to be in my life and I, I like them in my life, but I'm just like, I don't know if you're on the levels that I'm going to. And I don't know if we can, I don't know if you're ready for this. I don't know if your mind or your body or like beyond just not being able to like satisfy me sexually. Like I might, like my dick might be too big. I might be like, make you sore. It might be like after 12 or 13 minutes, you're just like, okay, I've come three or four times. I tap out. Thank you. That was just super intense. And I'm just like, that was just me warming up. <laughs> I'm like, I got, I got three more hours in me. Like, I, I sometimes I meet yeah. lovers like that and yeah. women like that, and I'm just like, wow. Like, it's not about looks for me anymore. Not at all. I see so many hot women. I'm like, ah. you. If you can't talk about your honest sexual desires with people you feel safe with, if you're not a person with integrity, if you're not clear and I, I don't care how hot you are. I don't I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how many men want to fuck you. Like mm-hmm. you're sexually immature. Yeah. And you're just you're you, you don't see the sacredness of this. You don't see the potential of love that we can make and I, you're you're not my kind of person. So I'm in, I'm in, I, I I analyze women and people in all these other weird levels that I don't think most men see. 
a pretty girl on anymore. Right. That's true. I mean, damn, you got some other levels going on there when you see somebody because people just, you know, maybe their head swivels and they say like, I want that or I want to approach that. But then you might say, what's it like to converse with them? And are they at that level where they can talk about what they want? And also, what you're talking about is like libido and also more complex things like desire and, you know, the brakes and the acceleration. Yes. You know, because everybody's got, there's a book out and it's called Come As You Are. are. Ah. Ah. My squirting lover is just, just finished reading it and is about to pass it on to me. Okay. And talked about that. But yeah, go on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, there's it's a, a lot concept. in there. It's very dense, but uh, there's a lot of it there about the acceleration and the brakes and how some people, their brakes are more sensitive than others. And just lots of situations, you know, work, life, life tries to creep into your sex life, even though we try to keep everything compartmentalized. Things get in the way. You know, some people like having sex in nature. Some people are going to be like, I don't want anyone to see me. And that's going to weird them out. So, uh, and what you're saying is too, it's also just about maybe duration. Some people just maybe want like quickies and things like that. I, one of the most beautiful people I've like physically, actually aesthetically attractive people I've ever been attracted, like magnificent, magnificent, like a brilliant person too. Um, their just sexual appetite was that they, they wanted very short experiences Mm -hmm. and, and I wanted to fuck them for hours because <laughs> I have that ability and when energy is being cycled and sharing and loving and sacrifice is there I mean I found some lovers who are able to fuck for hours and I'm supposed to see you in tonight <laughs> I hope I see her <laughs> oh I love you anyways uh, well um, maybe I. oh yeah it would be fun to see her at the Red Man show because you know grinding whatever well i mean um i am very very subtle about this because not every not every relationship can be as public as possible even though i put my face my body my dick i put everything out there and i'll talk about this here on cp24 anywhere yeah like i want to make sexuality as normal as eating food or sports or anything in life yeah so i'm like i'm open and i I'm like, I'm as open as the law allows. And my dick is out anywhere that I'm legally allowed to be naked. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, this is why I'm doing this with my shirt off. I'm like, it's no big deal. I'm a human yeah. being. And everyone else seems to be fine with it. More than fine with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm saying all that to say, like, some lovers are okay with me revealing things and some of them aren't. Just because... I have to say this, it's really, I probably want to say this every interview of my life. I don't get judged, I don't get slut shamed, I don't get slandered for expressing my desire for the sexuality. And most of the people that I do porn with, they get emails, they get people fucking them up on social media, whatever. I had a lover, my biggest porn shoot of all time, 25,000 people on Tumblr, like retweeted it and whatever. I never, one year after the we did the shoot, I was like, yo, I got two guys who were like, yo, nice hot shoot. And then I was like, yeah, so what was your experience? They were like, yo, you can't believe how many people sent me shitty emails and whatever. And I'm like, no one sent me shitty emails. And I'm like, yo, motherfuckers, if you slander her, you better slander than me too, because we did that together. Be equitable about your shaming. Totally. You stupid bastards. And like, we did this together. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, 
how can you give me respect and then disrespect a woman for the exact same porn yeah. scene we did together? That means no more yeah. logical it's sense. It's like, let's watch this and let's just pick one of the two participants and write to them. Mm. It's horrible and stupid. I hate it. And I'm like, like, I really try and fight it. Sometimes I do a feminine thing. Sometimes I'm just like, I, will, I don't know whatever ways I can break it down. I'm just like, yo, yeah. they are me. I'm not a woman, but... Like, I'm no different from a woman. No. Like, I love them. Those are my co-workers, partners, friends, comrades, lovers, angels, dreamers, teachers. Cheers to that. Like, yeah. Like anyone, like, I, I don't have a lot of male friends. Like, I really don't. Mm. You know. But I love my life. Anyway. One of the things you talked about in one of your other interviews was about goddess worship and things like that, too. And I'm wondering, you know. You talked about what drives you to get into this industry. What drives a lot of the other people that you work with to get into it? That's what I realized. There's a whole variety of things. Yeah. Um, like it's it's sexuality and art and play and um, interaction and intellect. Like it's a whole bunch of things to me. And um, actually, I've been playing with this concept. Um, I, no, I'll hold that idea for a sec. <laughs> but um, I. The first time I got hired to do porn, the first company I did, for two hours I did this interview with these people, um, the videographer and his wife, and we sat down for two hours and did, uh, uh, they did a questionnaire on me and just uh, analyzed me. And at the end of it, they go, he goes, I just wanted to make sure you didn't hate women. Oh, and I was wow. like, I was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, there are probably a bunch of dudes in porn who totally hate women and are like, I can get paid to fucking brutalize a woman or fucking sexually yeah. demean a woman. Yeah, best job ever. And I'm like, holy fuck. So there's all kinds of weird reasons that people are in porn. And it's just like sports or acting or whatever. It's like... You know, there's the money, you could do it for fame, you could do it for travel, whatever. Yeah. You could you could be you could be like damaged from your childhood. There are like I'm not gonna deny that that's a some people Yeah. And it's interesting because one of the one of the criticisms of porn, and there are many, is you know, that it's um misogynistic or sexist or whatever and that this you know paints a picture for people especially young people and the idea which i think is probably a myth is that it influences how people treat people in their real life you know what i mean mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. From what I've gathered uh, from talking to different researchers, I think that it can have a positive effect or a negative effect, um, but not, the, not that effect. That's not one of the after effects of it. It's not that people treat people in their lives the way they see, you know, because say you watch certain type of porn, doesn't mean that you want to do that in your own life. Absolutely. You know? And also, Veronica brought up in our last interview too, is that some women have rape fantasies. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And, like, that's okay, you yeah. know? And so, it's it's just this difference between what your mind does and what you actually do. Yeah. And to any man that hears that, that's a fucking super advanced level of sexuality to deal with. Like, I think I've been looking at that and... 
just, I mean, not to go out too deeply into it, but there's mm. just levels of sexuality. I mean, this is for anybody who's into BDSM or whatever, like, it's all about respecting boundaries. And, like, I think the idea of a rape fantasy, the beauty, quote unquote beauty, this is some controversial shit, but fuck it. Like, this is where we're going. Like, um,. <laughs> I, I feel like we're not I know we're, we're going off script but I love it yeah <laughs> um I've studied some women and um some women have asked me to actually uh like create some rape fantasies for them this yeah. is something I've done um and uh I think one of the ways to express what the desire is is uh, a woman might be attracted to the idea that a man is unable to control his desire for her. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the safest way to put rape fantasy. Right. Where it's like... She's insatiable. It, yeah, where he's like... Oh, he's, I, insatiable. he's insatiable. Yes. He's like, I am so attracted to you, I, I cannot control my urge to. Yeah. And, 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 and I mean, you know, there's a lot of rape... The, most rape is like power abuse or whatever, and mm-hmm. it's not about romance or sexuality or love or whatever, but I'm, I'm literally putting the concept of uh, the reason why a woman would have a rape fantasy in the most romantic light that possibly can be talked about. Because it's like... Yeah. I mean, children or, or immature people can't have these conversations. Just can't. Like you, you just don't understand it. Oh. But like, yeah. I, I've done this with them. I've like had a knife to my throat and then a knife to somebody else's throat during sex. And, yeah. And you won an award. I won an award. Yeah, yeah. Hey. I won an award. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jesus. You won a feminist porn award. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Good for Her. Mm-hmm. Great, and it's back. Yes. International. Now it's the International Porn Festival. Yes, yes. Shout and out to Carl. Carla. Carla is a legend. With Carlisle. a corset, I love it. Yes. Like this medieval outfit it was so great. Yes. And uh, all right, we haven't even gotten to jealousy, and I gotta ask yeah, about. Yeah, go, go for it. Go for okay, it. Okay, I gotta want to. I want to ask about. Well, jealousy is like a bigger one, but I want to ask about in general. When you're working in the porn industry, do you, like, how does it work for safety? Like, uh, uh, rubbers and stuff like that. I've, yes, use rubbers. <laughs> Is that like yeah. a retro term? Yes, that's awesome. That's, that's my era. <laughs> yes, um, I shoot a lot of my porn with condoms. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, do, do people, is it expected by the companies that hire? Well, first of all, how does it work? Is it like, a, is, is it, is there a couple different companies in Toronto that have, that run the game here? Yeah, there's only a few different companies that are even doing anything consistently enough to, like, not be considered a flash in a pan. Yeah. Or, like, a fucking, like, fly-by-night operation that's really a scam trying to just fucking <laughs> take pictures of nude girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or it's, like, a legitimate company trying to do something honorable. Okay. Um... There's, but there is, a, there is a couple companies out there who I'm just like, what the fuck? No one has ever seen you anywhere. No one, what the <laughs> fuck are you? Got? Yeah, you got a website and that's it. <laughs> and like, uh, you don't respond to emails. Like, like a shell company. Totally. Right. Like, y'all, y'all ain't, y'all ain't about this. <laughs> this isn't a Toronto porn thing. But there are a few like Spit. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a few companies that are are, are out there doing their thing and. Um, Every company has their own different rules, regulations, pay structure, ideas, boundaries, approaches to shooting. Everything is, it changes each mm. different person. So, okay. It's, it's pretty cool and like, it's 
they're all different. That's cool. Yeah. I wonder, do they ever shoot in sex clubs or do they usually shoot in apartment buildings around the city or like? Um, both. Both. Yeah. I oh, shot nice. for a while in Oasis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've shot. Shout out to Oasis. We're doing a lot of shout outs. Yeah. Shout out to Oasis. Mm. I forget what the manager's name is there. We were talking about it at Sex Geekdom, but mm. she's fantastic. And I was on the Sex City show at UFT with her. She's great. Who, Fatima? Yeah. Yeah, Fatima. Fatima's an angel. Yeah, it's a female heart of gold. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and Oasis is I've been telling some couples that I know about Oasis because and when I tell people that there's a a club in Toronto that has a heated pool outdoor yes. open 365 days a year. Yes. They cannot believe it. I'm like, listen, it's in the village. Mm-hmm. It's not even far from you. And it's great, you know, and I think when I went there, I felt so comfortable, safe happy excited you know it's a, it was like it was a great experience mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. no pressure yeah <laughs> yeah for real for real yeah and uh uh it's a complicated place um uh, i have a lot of respect for it but i also feel that it could be improved in some ways um i i'm temporarily not allowed to be there right now um i won't talk about it too much but like it, it's there's respect there but there's also distance there um i've shot there um i've been friends with the people i've marched with oasis and pride and and i've also been treated unfairly for various reasons mm-hmm. so so there's 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 politics in the sex industry wherever you go and yeah. it's really uh it's interesting and complicated but um actually when you were talking about jealousy i really want to talk about that because yeah. i have a different approach to it uh which is why i rarely and i can almost say never feel jealousy never like virtually never i virtually never is accurate virtually never when if i feel jealousy it makes me realize i'm on a deeper level with that person than my conscious mind is aware of so generally my solution for not being jealous with the fact that i have more lovers girl i i i I prefer the term lovers i don't i don't need any other term i just Mm -hmm. say these are my lovers yeah um i have more lovers than i can count up it's more than 10 people that i consistently or semi-consistently make love to um and have sex and go out on dates with and spend life with it's not just it's not just fucking but yeah um so how i solve the jealousy is that i generally i have a boundary of who myself is i know who i am and i know what i can offer and i'm just like if she wants a six foot one irish guy with an accent and and muscles of a hockey player i can't give that to her i just can't (laughs) i just can't (laughs) and if she's every right to want that and like i i so I don't feel insecure about that. Okay. What about the narrative that's been fed to us all our lives in pop culture about the one? I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't believe. Growing, oh, growing old. Oh, I want to grow old with you. Oh, I want to grow old with 
40 or 50 lovers all surrounding me. Um, when I am dead and gone, there's going to be hundreds of women at my funeral. And all I want, there's going to be women who had sex with me and women who didn't have sex with me. And I want the women who had sex with me to look at the other women and be like, y'all don't know what you missed. Y'all fucked up. You could have. You could have. He was giving it away. He was trying to love you better than anybody. <laughs> that was his job. He made it his job to love. And that was he what he did with all his heart. So no, I'm so real about like I'm, I'm <laughs> not, and like hip hop used to give me this kind of like death wish, like, oh I'm gonna die young and misunderstood and whatever. Like fuck that. Like I found out that Casanova lived till he was 73. Um, Picasso also had sex with over a thousand women. He was a fucking kind of destructive artist and treated a lot of them shitty. But Picasso had tons of sex and he lived till he was 91, I think. So, yeah, I'm just like, yo. Good for the soul. Yeah, yeah, for real. I'm like, I don't want to be none of these hip hop dudes and die young. Like, I want to stick around and fuck lots. Yeah, well, it's crazy because the amount of sperm that a man has is, you know, billions and billions of sperm. And it's just, it's like in a weekend, you produce, sex fact, in a weekend, you produce enough sperm to populate this planet. <laughs> so it just seems evolutionary from an evolutionary perspective. Why is there so damn much, you know? Yeah. So many. We need more swimmers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going to need more. We're just going to need to pack those testes with a couple more swimmers. A couple Phelps. Michael yeah. Phelps. In there. <laughs> Where's Phelps? Oh, Phelps. Have you ever watched like, the fact that the testicles never stop moving? I'm aware. Yeah. Okay. I'm aware. Yes, yes, yes. Because they're always uh, accommodating for temperature changes. And also, yeah, like if it gets cold, then they kind of lift up closer to the body. Uh, and then if they, you know, if it's hotter, they hang lower. Yes. But, yeah. I didn't exactly know those details. Thank you. Yes, because, okay, so the testicles need to stay uh, two degrees lower than the rest of the body. Just processing that. I'm thinking about my testicles. <laughs> and I, are they cooler or warmer? Yes. If during puberty, uh, a person with a penis, if their balls don't drop, as it were, then they're at risk of infertility. So they have to drop. They have to be away from the body. Otherwise, you won't be fertile. Wow. Yeah. It's funny because I spend most of the show... Actually, every episode I've done, I interview other people, but I have never done a show yet where I just talk about stuff I know about sex, and I should. <laughs> you should. You really should, because I'm eating it up. It's so cool. It's so cool. And also, one thing that you'll read when you read Come As You Are, which is so sick, is you'll see the diagrams of when a child's in utero, and you'll see that the genitals of like male and female look almost identical, and then they start differentiating. But basically, it's all the same parts, just arranged different ways. Yes. So, you know, the clitoris is it, akin to the penis, yep. etc. And so, this is so sick because when you look at your testicles and you see this faint line dividing them, that's what would have split into labia. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
and because you know oh you don't start God. and because you don't start differentiating until about i think six weeks you know that's why you have nipples because every cell starts out acting like female the testosterone starts kicking in a couple weeks in in the meantime the nipples have formed you have that divisor with the testicles where it's like okay we're ready to divide into labia and then boom testosterone kicks in and it doesn't happen <laughs> i get robbed of the of the possibility of having nine times the sexual satisfaction of a man Oh, is that the is that the case? That is the. It, I, I I hear it's the mythological. There's a uh, there's a Greek myth that says that there was a man who was there was a person who was born, and they became man, woman, and and hermaphrodite. And when they asked him at the end of their life, they're like, "All right, well, who has more sexual pleasure?" And it was like. The woman, by far, nine times the amount of pleasure, <laughs> way more, <laughs> way more sexual sensation, sexual sensation than the man. But also, I mean, just the fact that the clitoris exists solely for pleasure. Yes, you're here. Yes, and it's and also there are more more nerves, yeah, uh, on the clitoris than on the whole body of the penis. Yeah, exactly that. So, and yes, oh my gosh, there but was you a- should be having sex. <laughs> there was a an artist in the states that created something called the glitterus and it's this golden glittering clitoris and the coolest thing that i learned about the clitoris when i was studying is that what you see is just the tip of the iceberg because it goes further down right and it's behind (laughs) and it goes it goes further down and behind you know listen to what she said listen to rebecca right now i'm so serious it's much bigger than you think and uh yeah, I know. And I should be asking you, you know, like, what kind of advice do you have for people who want to please women? Never stop exploring. <laughs> Half the cheesy cliches come from the purest places in reality. And I'm not a John Mayer fan, but your body is a wonderland <laughs> is some real shit. <laughs> your body is a wonderland. <laughs> like, I... I, but also, also, um, there's a few things I wanted to say. I wanted to say that expecting that your primary peak sexual experiences will come from the quote unquote most beautiful people you be with in your life is one of the biggest lies you will ever, ever think. Um, not only just because of the shitty complications, rape culture, just catcalling and all just the horrible shit that extremely professionally beautiful women have to put up with it just kind of just makes their sexual experience unfortunately not not always as fantasy like as people want but like i mean i'm also saying that to because some people who don't look like i've been with 300 pound lovers who have given me the best head of my life or like taking me places that nobody else have taken me and like just I, I had an experience with a lover in a wheelchair that me taking them out of their wheelchair and laying them on the bed but, but literally just me holding the back of their neck to make sure that because like, their vertebrae wasn't 100% strong so just the intimate the, the care and concern that I had to have in just holding her neck to bring her to the bed was just 
I don't know how to articulate how beautiful that that feeling was. Just like I've got to carry you like like a a, a woman baby love angel and just lay you down and then start. So it's like it was beautiful. And then I had to like lay on top of them to put my dick in their mouth because they're like, can they're like, I can't even roll over, but they're like, I want to give you a head. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is unbelievable. And like, it was the intimacy and and just the the, the vulnerability. Yeah. And the passion. Oh my god, some like some of the most magical experiences of my life. Oh, and also the way they, you know, they vocalize what they need and everything, and accommodating that. And it's so it sounds very tender. Incredibly tender, like magically tender. I've had, like, I, which is why, I mean, I take it, I don't, not everybody's ready to, like, conceive sex in a sacred level. Like, they just think it's horrible and shit, shitty and sinful and wrong. But, like, I'm like, this is why I use terms like sacred sexuality. Yeah. I'm like, I have golden, miraculous moments. I have heavenly moments of beautiful, just like, this is the peak and pinnacle of human connection yeah this is just what we're all here looking for and i'm like i found it i've held it i've touched it i've fucked it i've loved it i've kissed it i've seen it (laughs) i've looked people in their eyes where their eyes are just like i've heard people just say things i have some lovers who are like this is i have a lover who we're talking about how problematic it is she's just like well you know i'm really addicted to this (laughs) (laughs) and we talk and and i talk about like we it's really like the healthiest love there is no attachment like it, you just have to be ready to let it go at any moment the healthiest love there is no attachment there is no attachment at any moment it can end but you have to love like okay. it will be there forever okay i got so many things Ugh, okay I know, and i love you and i don't even care we're here let's keep i going. know okay damn it uh, i'm also oh i'm also available for part two for part two yes Okay, let's talk dollars and cents. Yeah. Feel free to abstain from any question. How much How much do you usually make on an average shoot and how long, like, do they count prep time? Is it by the hour? How does it work? You're on contract or what? Mm, it's different with every company. Yeah. For sure, it's different with every person you shoot with. Um, it averages out to... The industry average is about 200 an hour. Yeah. But in Toronto, it is kind of around 150 to 200 an hour. Okay. Um, so Toronto. So you could be a lawyer or you could be doing porn. Or you could be doing porn. <laughs> yeah. Tech, unfortunately, the world is way too corrupt and there's lawyers getting way more work than porn stars. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably shooting like some months, three or four times a month. And a lawyer is probably working every fucking day. <laughs> but, yeah. um, yeah, so it's not like, like, people are like, why don't you move to Cali or or Miami or whatever? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if I go there, then I'm, like, the smallest fish in the biggest pond. And I got to follow all the rules there. And as soon as I talk about sacred sexuality and goddess worship and shit, people are going to laugh at me and say, shut the fuck up and get the hell out of here, you crazy weirdo Canadian. Mm-hmm. We don't do that shit here in, in America. Oh, um, so it's still kind of restrictive and uh, conservative kind of even within those circles you think in mm-hmm. states 
for the majority of them. I'm not going to say that there's no places to do sacred sexuality. I know there's some there's yeah. some feminist movements. There's some really you know like body body positive queer good spaces. Yes, yeah. but they're like it's not the majority. Nah. So exactly, and there's a couple people that I could shoot a bit with, and then that's it. All right. I gotta demystify a couple things I think about porn. The fluffer. Never had one in my life. <laughs> Fluffers used to exist in the 80s and before Viagra. Okay. <laughs> Does that mean that you take Viagra sometimes? I've taken it twice. Yeah? Out of and I've done more than 50 scenes. I'm I I don't even judge other men, but I've also heard from Danny Wilde and a couple other porn stars that it's around like 98% of men in mainstream uh, Hollywood like mainstream porn are taking Viagra or Cialis. Really? Most of them are, yeah. Huh. Um, I can give you two signs that you could tell that a guy's oh, taking it. Yeah. Oh, guys, this is uh, this is good. Yeah, I, 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 this shit is infinitely interesting. <laughs> like I'm sitting here for the rest of my life because sex is so fun. Just, so two signs. Yeah. One sign is if. They pull off the pants and boing. <laughs> Generally, that means that guy kind of probably has taken it unless there's been a lot of foreplay. Okay, so it shouldn't just swing up. Yeah, like if, if a guy's like naturally like limp, like yeah. it'll be like real life where you take a guy's pants off and the dick is not hard and yeah. then you have to warm it up and it will get hard. Yes. But like sometimes in porn where it's, it's just like... I think there's times where you'd be kind of be able to tell. You just, they pull the pants off and the dick is just boom. Just <laughs> salute. They're ready. It's like, whoa. <laughs> wow, that guy's quick. Um, and also another thing is, I mean, it's more with European guys, but like um, guys will get red uh, a red head, like blood will rush to their, their head. Mm. And I've actually been able to notice that at some points where I'm like, that guy's head is a different... <laughs> like his blood is it's all over the place and his head is fucking red and his body is peach he's wow. on Viagra interesting okay yeah. little known signs that the guy you're watching on porn is taking some uh, enhancing yeah. enhancement and, uh, and I say that to say I don't I don't know how long I'll not do it, but I want to be as natural as possible. But there's special effects in every Hollywood movie in the world. So, like, it's... There's not an actor or actress who's on screen that is, like, with no makeup and no extra clothes. Like, whatever. Like, people do things. Yeah. So, it's like, I try not to use pills, but... There are certain scenes where actually it might be more logical to. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm at the point, I'm like, I'm three years in and I'm really trying not to. Yeah. Because also people can get addicted to it. Shit. I, I, I don't want to get addicted to. Yeah. Danny Wilde is one of the guys who like, there is like pills. And after the, after the pills stop working, then you have to get caverject uh, or caverject or something. And, and you shoot a needle into... Uh, your your fucking perineum, and mm -hmm. and <laughs> the way they say that is like it will make a dead man have a boner. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, if nothing else works, there's a thing you can like a needle, wow. and, and they're like, every, everyone will have a boner, but they're like, it'll be a three hour boner, and you might hate it, and it's just like because you build up an immunity to the Cialis or whatever you're doing. Yeah, of course. I guess like any drug, you start needing higher dosages, and then. 
There you go. All right. I got another question for you. We're we're winding down as we hit the hour mark. Oh, jeez. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Um, and also... It's like lovemaking. Where does the time go? I, know. I, just, I didn't even notice. I lost myself in your eyes. We were looking at each other. <laughs> it was very, very involved, you know? So mm. what about um, people you grew up with? And family. Do they know what you do? Do they weigh in? How do they feel about it? Uh, my mom knows. Everybody knows. I am out to everyone. Yeah. I don't care. I'm like, I, I started when I was 36. So I'm like, it's not like I'm 21. Yeah. It's like I've I got a 20 year music career and 10 year journalism career before I started doing porn. I've, I'm I've a clear, sound minded body and. And I'm also not only just going in this to fuck, like I'm doing relationship therapy. I'm writing about polyamory. I've been writing for polyamory today. Oh. For like, I write about relationships. So I'm like, it's not just fucking that I'm doing. Like, yes. I'm doing art. I'm doing modeling. Like, What's that website? Polyamory? Uh, polyamorytoday.com. All right. Nice. Yeah. So like, I'm like, I write about sexuality and like, I want to be a modern evolved version of Kinsey and, and, and all the sexual educators. So yeah, uh, Matthews and Johnson and all these people. So, yeah, the more that I found that when I was learning about sexual, so I was studying how to be a sexual health educator last summer and I felt that it was a real area of personal growth for me and it helped me feel more confident about myself and a lot more open to everybody in, in lots of different ways. Yeah. And you recognize a lot. I went to San Francisco and did a sexual attitude restructuring. What? Yeah. That's a thing. <laughs> That's a thing. You, wow. Imagine it's, it's a building, it's a whole school stuck in the 1970s. The school has a hot tub in it and lots of felt and <laughs> carpet. And, but a lot of, they brought, basically brought in people from the BDSM community uh, and actually, you know, people who are gay, people with disabilities, and it's just meant to break down all your biases. People who are sex workers, and for me, I wish everybody could have done that. I wish everybody could do something like that, where it just humanizes everybody, and you realize you're shooting the shit with a sex worker, and you befriend them, and that's that's it. That all of a sudden, that experience isn't so distant from you and so othered from you. Absolutely. The woman who talked about BDSM, holy cow, she met her life, uh, her main partner through it. And I'll never forget it. She lost him. She ended up losing him later in life. And she was showing us her different whips and things. And But she wouldn't give out the one that they used. And she just, wow. she just held it and showed it to us and said, this is the one we used together. Wow. And... You know, I, I actually, like I wept yeah. at her presentation yes. because people, I was so I would cry too. mistaken about what this arena looks like and how tender and communicative it is. It, yep. People who do BDSM are mature as fuck. Evolved as fuck, mature as fuck. <laughs> and, and the things, <laughs> the amount of their body that they give to each other is usually way beyond the traditional relationship. People, like, they trust each other to do things. Like, people have roped each other up and taken each other to the thresholds of pain and pleasure and all kinds of borderline 
kind of life threatening. Like, if you have a sexual experience with somebody who does that and cares about you and brings you to the brink of pleasure that you've almost never known or experienced with somebody else, and then gently brings you back safely to quote unquote reality. <laughs> <laughs> that person is really special and is different than it's like yeah okay the person who fucked you for the first time is the person who quote unquote took your virginity but like yeah the person who fucking like flogged you what's going on oh one, are we, are we, one moment so Malcolm Lovejoy. That's Rebecca. You have a story. I have a story that I thought about. I've never told this story on anything that was a recorded device. <laughs> <laughs> so this story is now being captured for eternity. Um, I think probably four years ago. My birthday's coming up in a week. That's right. The um, big 4-0. Yeah, yeah. Very much a Leo the lion. And, uh... No, honestly, the way I live and fuck and love and do music, I feel like I found the fountain of youth, so I feel kind of timeless. And, um, I mean, now all that being said, my actual fountain of youth and joy and ecstasy and the place that I call heaven is pussy. Yeah. <laughs> and these two lovely friends of mine, I had one of my best birthday parties, like, Four years ago, where these two nameless angels who, who who knew how much I love eating pussy, they're like, I was at this uh, naked sauna that I go to, and <laughs> there's a rooftop and there's um, a hammock, and these lovely angels were like, Eddie, it's your birthday, and we just thought we'd set something up for you. <laughs> I was like, ooh, what do you have in store for me? They're like, well, we just want to make ourselves available for you. Oh, wow. (laughs) However much you want to have us, you can have us, and you can have us like this. So they put their legs together like this, Mm -hmm. like scissors in scissors formation. Yeah. And they laid on the hammock and and just like, bon appetit, happy birthday. Wow. And so I had (laughs) like two pussies right beside each other served to me for my birthday <laughs> and like eating them at the same time with <laughs> I it, it's hard to articulate because <laughs> I, I it's it's I don't like talking about how much I like eating pussy because I'm like I'd rather be eating pussy than talking right. about it. It almost cheapens it because it's not going to be the same. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, like I, I'm like I can't put it in words. I just would rather do it, and then you watch <laughs> me. <laughs> yes, and you'll see how much I enjoy it. You see, because and I, I can't talk about it because my mouth would rather be eating pussy <laughs> than talking about how I'd much. I'd rather I, be eating. Oh my gosh, you should have a T-shirt or a bumper sticker. I'd rather be eating pussy than talking about how much I want to be eating. <laughs> or talking to you. you know, yeah, like. talking to you. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. So I mean. Actually, having both of these like served on a on a hammock, and it lasted for about forty five minutes. My my knees were broken. 
<laughs> and my my head was swirling. <laughs> my heart was just melting. And yeah, I got big dreams and plans for my visions of pussy eating and goddess worship and satisfying women. So wow. And, and you know, just people in general, my lovers, but. Where where can where can our listeners find your goddess worship online? Or where can they learn more about you? Uh, you can look me up. Uh, I write every day on Twitter, uh, Mindbender Mind on Twitter. Uh, I have a Facebook group, um, Dr. Malcolm Lovejoy. Uh, uh, I have my website, MalcolmLovejoy.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also need help spreading some of this. Like I'm getting a little more confident each time I do something. And I thank you very much, Rebecca, letting me to talk about, letting me just be here and open my heart. I really thank you. I thank you. I, it's I, I I I get a little more confident each time, but there's so much more I have to give, and there's more to teach and share. And um, I I'm, I'm also saying that to say like the business of doing what I want to do, I I need more help doing because I don't have any peers in Canada. I don't have any. I have very few like mentors. Very few people that are that want to do goddess worship or want to satisfy women as a job mm-hmm. or like that aren't just thinking about their own dick and just thinking about busting nuts and coming i'm like no i my focus is satisfying pussy satisfying a woman's body satisfying my lovers mm-hmm. just like do you know how amazing multiple orgasms look when a woman like if you satisfy a woman enough her her pleasure is virtually endless <laughs> virtually endless do you do you realize what that means yeah it's true because men have a refractory period mm-hmm. and women uh don't as much you know just they that's the thing my experience is it's been it's just more about a woman's capacity and appetite for sex yeah and i just i'm looking for people with a grand capacity for love because I got a lot of love oh and also you're such a feminist you know and you the way that you care so much about female pleasure we really exalt that here I really exalt that myself and I think we need to be it's it's wicked to have a porn star like you on the show because you're you put so much meaning into and politics into what you do and beauty and compassion and love and tenderness and damn what does it say that you know it's hard for you to find a mentor it means that you're trailblazing right now yeah and i I wish there were more of me i have a few lovers who are sometimes it's a little problem because i don't have that much time because it's like i can only see people certain people once a week or whatever or Mm -hmm. even less but like i've had quite a few lovers i mean before i even got into porn one of my lovers that i met was like yo after I had sex with her three times, she's like, listen, I got five, I got five girls who need this dick. I got five girls who really need to be fucked the way you fuck. So we're going to line it up. I It's going to be $100 a fuck. You get $70 for fucking, $30 to me for hooking it up. And this is not like videos. This is like a, this is this is not on camera. Or no, no, no. It was, it was, separate. there was, there was, yeah, there was a lover who was, we had this arrangement. We yeah. wanted to do this. And... And we were going to set it up. She's like, I got five girls right now who need to be fucked the way you fuck. And she's like, all women need to experience the way you make love like this. And I was like, holy shit, I love hearing that. Um, I had sex with her one more time. And then she was like, 
I can't do this. I I want you to myself. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I can't do monogamy. Like that's that's like my only deal breaker. Yeah. I'm just like I can't. The sun is the sun shines for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like I I can when I'm with you. I promise I only focus on you. Right. And I never have ever fucked up a lover's name when I'm making love. I'm so yes. focused. I'm like, no, I know who I'm with. What happens if you're in a scene with somebody on camera and either during or even when you first meet them, you're like, you're not into them. How do you how do you make it? Because you've talked a lot about the beautiful situations and really meaningful moments. But what if it's not there? The electricity is not there. Um, you do the very best you can. Um, yeah, because it's like, even if the chemistry is an electric fire and it's like, uh, we're kind of repulsed by each other. (laughs) We're actually like, we're not attracted to each other. We're actually like magnetizing away from each other. Like at a certain point, you're just like, well, the bare minimum is we hug, we kiss and we do the work that's required. Yes. And it's like, okay, well, I could either be home masturbating or eating food or just (laughs) doing work, or I could be like faking that I like to have sex with this person. So I'll find a way to fake this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So Malcolm Lovejoy, I'm honored. It was an honor and a delight and uproarious and meaningful and insightful to have you on the show. Oh, Rebecca, this is the beginning. I have so much more love to give you. And I actually will add one thing that is part goddess worship, part solution to that problem. I I have this thing that I do called the eyes of God. And I just imagine that the mystical creator of all human beings loved everything they created Mm -hmm. so then i like sometimes i look i look at people who are either quote-unquote ugly or just quote-unquote not my type and i just keep looking at them and think if i had the eyes of god i would see the beauty in them yeah and i would find a way to be attracted to them and i would appreciate whatever like it's it's me saying that they're ugly or whatever is is like a selfish egotistical thing it's like oh they don't compare to any of the other attractive people that i've seen in my past right i'm like no it's just a new type of beauty you've never seen before yeah i I, sometimes i say ooh, ugly people that's that's some revolutionary beauty yeah it's like a a mortal technique you know him yes i do god loves ugly yes yeah his album Mm -hmm. yeah so but love, yeah, I, sure. yeah, I, I try to. There's not a woman that I haven't. There's not a pussy that I haven't found heaven in. <laughs> wow! And on that note, this is Sex Ed Before Bed. Thanks for tuning in. Woohoo! This was tight. Yes. Thanks, y'all. SexEdBeforeBed.com. Find my, it here. Mindbender loves you. Mwah, mwah. Peace Bye. Peace, Malcolm. Love you. <laughs>